guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love but no one else gets and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, it's the three-year motherfucking anniversary of Cold Film Interview. And uh, how are we going to celebrate? We're going to celebrate that by watching, uh, we watch Communion and we're going to talk about that fucking movie. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> no one's excited about it. I'm more excited about the three-year anniversary questions yeah. than I am this goddamn Well, come movie. on now. Don't it's give your ratings away. We got to give it a little bit This of time. is the, still the intro. Can we? Yeah. Can we? Can we, please? Can we, please? Can we, Cody? So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? I'm so sure. Want a date? Listen, sister, if I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turning into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on, all right? No. It snakes after this pig. Wolfman's got Mars. What did I say? No jelly rolls. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Because, hey, motherfucker. We're back. No, we never left. We're still here three years strong. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor. Head over to the iTunes. Leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. We got one to do tonight. One. Mm. Oh, wait. <laughs> shout out. That's right. We got one to do tonight. And then after that, head over to our YouTube page. Like, subscribe over there. Chris will put stuff up. Why are we sending people there? I don't know. Okay. But we well, three, three years and just, three years, it's just habit at this gonna point. We're going to put stuff on there. Yeah. We're, just, we're, we're, we're trying to build this, the fan base before we launch all the good shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. so sad. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the three years of just regret and it's disappointment. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll get to it's it. Like, it's like the we'll Marvel. We'll get to it year four. It's not like the Marvel universe. We need about 10 years to build this up before we release yeah, the, the unfor- banger. Unfortunately, we're not building to Thanos. <laughs> we're building the Thanos. We're building which to is mediocrity at best. Catching up on episodes. <laughs> What's is there the Thanos? In, I don't there, understand Is there an that. Infinity Stone for disappointment? <laughs> Thanos the villain? That would be our podcast. That <laughs> would be a, a stone with our logo on it. Jesus, that's good stuff. As always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenberg. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. I am here. Tonight, we're going to talk about <laughs> okay. communion. But before we do... Uh, it is our three-year anniversary show, so this is our, uh, we've been doing this for three years, 160 episodes, I think? Uh, somewhere around there, yeah, yeah. this is like 156 or something. Three years, guys, three, three years. Three years uh, that we've been doing this, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, some people have been listening since the get-go, which is... Uh, How does that ha- Yeah, what's wrong with you? I really? mean, basically, <laughs> it's like we've been hanging out for three years with some people. Yeah, been really hanging is. out. Hating our true. opinions, agreeing with us, a lot of just so many emotions. More disagreeing, I would probably say. Yeah, more say. disagreeing and disappointment. Yeah. No, but... film is subjective. Everybody's got an you know, uh, opinion. So I Same. agree. We should get to some of the questions. Uh, yeah, that oh, people you want to do that now? I'm ready. Yeah, let's, let's do that now. Do that now. Yeah, let's okay. attack that now right, at the beginning of the show uh, before we talk about communion. Oh, yeah. Let's let's push that off as long as we can. As long as we can. <laughs> Chris's pick, going to push it to the end. <laughs> Chris, why'd you pick communion? 15-minute segment. Yeah. But Chris, why'd you pick communion? And what are we going to rate this mammoth hammer? Chris, why did you pick communion? And uh, before you tell us, let's get some questions in. All right, do I answer or do you I wait for the questions? No, you just don't. You just <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do. All right. All right, I got the whiteboard pulled up here. So we have um, some Instagram questions that came in. Uh, so this question comes from Bob, all caps who. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Funny joke from earlier. Or, yeah. or Bobal. <laughs> Bobal. Bobal is listening. Bobal capsu. You're welcome. Yeah. 
Capsu. Let's just call him Capsu because at least we can all agree on that. Captain Capsu. Yeah, Capsu. Okay. He asks, "What made you guys want to start a podcast, and how did it end up being about cult films?" You Cody, want, you want to tell the story? Yeah, yeah, I can tell the story. So how it happened was, is um, I'll tell from my perspective, and I think everybody else can jump. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell a story because you're taking already no, too no, no, long. No, no, no. <laughs> cool story. <laughs> cool story, bro. So before all this, me and Chris did like an internet radio show that lasted two like weeks. It wasn't that good or funny, but it was pretty good. That was like Fun a couple time. years before this. Yeah, yeah. And I said then we should. I was like, we should be doing a podcast before they're even big. Saying it then. And everybody's like, no, 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 no. I kept on saying it, and the only person that listened to me was Mike. <laughs> and Mike's like, you know what? Let's fucking do it. And so we went out, and we bought a mixer and some microphones, and we set it up in my game room up in upstairs, and uh, our friends Kyle and Chris came over and then proceeded to tell us what shit we bought. Yeah. Kyle that was mostly me. Garbage. I, 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 Garbage shit. Yeah. Take that back to Guitar City, hold you on, asshole. I remember exactly how this went. You bought stuff. You guys yep. set it up. That's true. We did I buy came stuff. over and looked at it and was like, this is shit. And I said, you know, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and here you are three and, years and, later and, and still we, doing here it. Here we are still doing it. And there it is. I also remember that I didn't even uh, want to even do the podcast. I just wanted to produce. But you needed an extra voice for the first like two episodes. And then I was like... Yeah, I'll stick around. <laughs> well, say the first the first episode was supposed to be just you guys, and I was going to be there monitoring. Yeah, and then Chris showed up, and then it basically became me and Chris shared a mic, and you guys shared a mic. And the very first episode was about nothing. It was like Seinfeld, but bad. No, well, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. like part of the second question here is how did you end up being about cult films? And after we recorded that, I think we all went out back to have cigarettes because we all smoked at the time, mm. and. We all collectively said that didn't feel good at all. <laughs> we <laughs> should have something to talk about, and I think we kind of settled on cold That's films. not true. We settled at it at the bar. Oh, at the bar. Okay. At the That's O2. Out back, I said. Nope, O2 Lounge. O2 Lounge. Oh, there's a lot yeah. of drunken nights, apparently. We did. I, that's how I remember it. You talked about cold film. You brought it up. Yeah, because like, I... Hey, yeah, what about cold films? Because we were said, well, this is what we said. We said, we need to find a niche. Because everyone's got a horror movie podcast. Everybody's got... Yeah. A new movie podcast, like oh, we like weird films. Let's do let's do a, a, a cult film podcast. I distinctly remember this though. At the time, we were all like, we know a lot about cult films. This is perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally <laughs> thought we were experts. So fucking like. Meanwhile, wrong. none of us had seen, seen pieces. <laughs> we hadn't yeah, even like, seen like so these many movies. Obvious like. How have not that you heard have of to it. have? I'm like seen. I'm like I'm all about yeah. cult films. I've seen Evil Dead too. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky horror, right? Yeah, yeah, we love those films. Uh, Pocket Wookie said, "Can you name a cult film remake that is better than the original?" I'm guessing no, but I thought I'd ask. See, we kind of answered that, but why? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and what Fly about the, is my answer. the thing? Is the thing, I feel this, but he, here's I feel the same way about the, the blob. Too. He has a stipulation. He, he's saying that the original has to be a cult film. I think the fly, the, well, the original, thing, the, the fly like, and the thing were, were, both, were bo- both in the same category. Those right. are those are midnight driving movies. I don't know. Okay, if Piper. that excuse me, if that is the criteria, then yes, the thing would be the thing. The, my fly example. as well. The fly. Yeah, I would say. I, I would say the you know what? I take that. You know what? I'm going to agree with. I actually the, be- I, the best. I though, will, you have to pick the best. I, yes, I will agree with Cody. The best is the thing because it the fly captured. The original in a great way, great sort of way. The thing introduced a completely 
new element to it. What about uh uh what's the other one? Um, I guess the Big Trouble. Of- uh, not sorry, Big Trouble. Uh, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors. My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Eh. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, was, no, yeah. it was like one was a Roger no, Corman no, no, film, no, no. and then it came a out. Good, and yeah, and that's yeah, a good. Well, that's a good. But no one, one ever one thinks about that one. One of them was a musical, one. and the other wasn't. Yeah, right. but still, so what? Well, the, I'm, the, I'm trying to figure. The out. thing is very different from the thing. So you can't you can't say one's a thing and the other one's just another thing. A different kind of thing. Well, I think we I think we figured it out. It's a thing. We're gonna say the thing. Yeah. The next question is from Pocket Wookie. Again. Yeah, he's got a few. One of you were an imposter like in the thing or an invasion of the body snatchers. How would the rest uh, how would the rest figure it out? Well, we gotta pick somebody. So like who would be the imposter? If no, if Cody was like No. No, he's asking one of us is an imposter right now, right? It's just like the thing, right? We don't know who it is. Could be any one of us. Why would we pick one? Would we figure it out? Who is the one? Yeah, why would we figure it out? Oh, what would we do? Well well, here here's how I would figure it out for each of you. Okay. 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 First of all, I would know it was Chris if he said something of criticism at all. Yeah, he never <laughs> says anything bad about anybody. I would know it's Mike if he was drinking water <laughs> during the podcast. And I would know it's Cody if he was calm and collected. Wait, what, what? about you? <laughs> he would agree with yeah. everything. Yeah, he would agree with it and not start an argument. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would agree that an argument was not the best route to go, guys. Yeah, all night long would you be like, good point, Pocket Cody. He also asks, if you ever got a late fee for a rental, how much was it? And what was the video? I, I can tell you right <laughs> off the bat. I have a, oh, a copy of Beyond Reanimator that I have never <laughs> given back. It oh. came from like a Fry's rental way, way back, like probably I mean, that 13 wins. years ago. That, win, that wins because you still have it. Yeah, so. but here's None of our other stories really Fry's count. doesn't rent movies out anymore, so they're no, never they, coming they to They haven't rent out, rent out movies <laughs> since 1983, so I, just, I feel guess like. Guess what? I have Beyond Reanimator on DVD. Thank you, Fry's. Thank you, Fry's. Thank you, Fry's. Uh, I got fired from Hollywood Video for, for renting uh, about 10 VHS at a time for free. I like how you went for VHS. It wasn't DVD. You weren't up with the new format. Well, because you don't, you don't notice that the DVDs, you notice the DVDs missing. That's yeah. what everybody wants. No one wants horror movies from the I'm 80s. Glad there was a methodology mm. to what you were. It's uh, true. It's there's true, a methodology man. to his theft. Yeah. He actually did no, it on no, purpose. No, I returned. I he deserved it. I, I returned it. I re- like, like, would return everything. Like he's a smart guy that's like, you know what? I'm not going to steal gold. I'll steal copper. I think the, I think the, probably the one that I, I would probably have the most money racked up on is called Dungeon of Desire, and that's because I. That just sounds like a porn. I yeah, it, does. it was. It was softcore. Okay. And oh. uh, <laughs> Chris is ready to beat it. He, he just yeah. had to take his time. I apparently, gotta, I, I gotta follow up a softcore. Yeah. Jesus. Dungeon of Desire, man. I checked it out because I worked at the video store, so I could check it out. But then I like didn't want my mom to find it, so you know I hid it, and then just forgot that I had hid it, and yeah. and never had returned it. I I my mine was actually uh mine was uh, Seven Samurai, Kurosawa. Really? Yeah, I rented it out and I forgot it. It was VHS. They had VHS had Hollywood video of this. Did and you have I, to? And I rented it out and I totally forgot that I had that. That I I watched it. Uh huh. And then I put it. I filed it with the rest of my movies. Oh man. And then about like a month or three later, I found it. I was like, oh shit, I should probably return this. And then when I went back, my account was locked. I had see Hollywood. Did, I don't think they called people really very often. They no. never called anyone. It was only when you went to I rent something f- else that you would find I, out you owed money. I and then you'd be like, years. I don't need this movie that bad. Bye. So, uh, does anybody remember like the biggest fee that you had to pay? 
you know, probably uh, like eighty bucks. Yeah. You know, because I'm probably I'm I'm almost positive my mom. Yeah, my job paid that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Cody, called a paycheck. Cody um, wins. Yeah. Cody yeah. wins. Yeah, I think mine was like eighty bucks too. No, I was I was I was yeah. kind of stealing. I was really bringing them back. That's no joke. I really was bringing them back, but. Uh, I was taking like ten at a time because I lived in Surprise at the time, which was really far. And I was like, "Dude, I can only rent three. Right. Bullshit." See, hey, see, Cody's uh, always trying to push that rule. Was was it a thing that when Blockbuster called you up for a late movie, they did it in like uh like a fake uh I actor's never, accent? I never got I never got a call from Blockbuster, but I, I had a lot of late fees from Blockbuster. And it, maybe it was just the guy that worked there, but he used to call up like Sean Connery and be like, "You need to return the." <laughs> I think that's just the, the guy. I think that's probably just the guy. Near, near, near your. That's the thing. You know what's funny? Is I, say, I that think guy was a I, I think hero. I, I feel like I forgot to return shit more often to Blockbuster because I didn't like going to Blockbuster. I didn't like going to Blockbuster. So either. if I if I happened upon a Blockbuster and I was in there renting something, it was almost a guarantee that they would get this back when I was ready, <laughs> or when I happened to be next to another Blockbuster. It's true. Again. Yeah, it's true. It's not a place you like want to. I would be nice to ride my fucking bike up there and just comb through VHSs for hours. Yeah. Any any video store that edits movies. Before they put it on the shelf, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> Mo Long or Mo Long, Mo Long. Mo Long. He uh, he says, "Woohoo! Congrats, y'all." Okay, here are a few questions. What are your favorite and least favorite past episodes? I have um, an answer for that. I have an answer as well. Adam's Family Values is my favorite episode. Uh, really? Yep. Okay. Go check it out. I think that's the one that we're, uh, Chris is most human in. He feels like a real person in that one. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I love that one because the stories we tell, it's a Halloween episode, which are my favorite episodes always, that's I feel true. like. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, isn't that the episode where Mike tells a story about the giant-ass roll of toilet oh, paper? Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so fucking stupid. This is stupid. a great oh, story. Experiences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes. One of my least favorite episodes, I got two. I got two. Okay. Because uh, I, I don't know if this was a mention, so I'll mention it again. This is not Chris's three-year anniversary show. Yeah, so. we have to always remind him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is one of my least favorite episodes because it, we're missing a member, and it does, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. Well, and the other one would be Hardware because I fucking hate that movie. Oh, still, yeah, I'll say man. it. Still oh, hard. I want to go next. I my, my, favorite, my favorite is um, Miami Connection so far. I fucking loved talking about that movie. I loved the energy that we had in the room during that episode. We were so we were all jacked on the ridiculousness of that fucking movie, and it was a fun conversation. Uh, least favorite episode? Um, I'm probably gonna go with Man Bites Dog. Like it's just not memorable, <laughs> and it was just kind of sad. Oh my god, I forgot about Man Bites Dog. Yeah, it's oh, just so such a ago. sad episode because yeah. it's just like we're dealing with such a dark. It'd be like if we fucking. It's like if we did Elephant now. That would just be a sad Let's episode. Let's just not do Elephant ever. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I might pick it just to see what that. <laughs> uh, that that's our I'll new worst right, one. I'm done. That'd Chris, be interesting. That'd Chris, be interesting. your answer, Chris. <laughs> I, for some reason, I remember really enjoying Society because I, I none of us had seen it, and it was kind of a difficult watch mm. because it was hard to find. And I think I got like I, I got a reaction out of the film that I didn't think I was gonna get. Like people actually digging it and like really into the conversation, but. You know, that's just one example. I'm, I've loved so many that we've done. Was, what was his answer? His answer was his favorite was so far with society. Was, so what about least favorite, though? First one that comes to mind. Like, the one of the most forgettable ones for me is the Bronx Warriors. <laughs> I just don't, like, I yeah. just don't remember that we ever even did that movie. He doesn't even, he doesn't like, even remember watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know yeah, what's funny about know. that is I can't tell you a scene from the Bronx Warriors. Mike? <laughs> uh... 
I would say my my favorite. I have two. I have a tie for favorite. Um, it's it's Miami Connection. I we just had so much fun on that episode. Like we just, I just remember spending the whole night just laughing our asses yeah, off. Yeah, And that was really fun. And I like uh, American Movie. Yeah. I thought that, and that was just the opposite. We weren't laughing at all. We were just really like kind of like yeah, but we were being real. Yeah, we were, we're being, being honest. Real. By the way, uh, May eighteenth. Uh, if you want to watch, uh, you can see us at uh, Phoenix Film Bar. Plugs <laughs> McGillicuddy over um, here. <laughs> the worst episode for me. I mean, not counting some of the ones that we never actually even release, but um, the one I think that bothers me the most is Heather's. Okay. okay. I don't think we, like, nailed that movie very well. Yeah. Like, it's one of those movies I, I always think back, like, I had to do another one again. I think, uh, yeah, I think, but, but part of me also thinks, like, a different group of people can cover that one better than us. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? I like, think that is... There's An certain movies that I feel like maybe just don't jive well with our kind of personalities and stuff, and we don't know we don't know how to we approach them the properly. Guest for yeah, that, that would have been a good guest episode. What and, podcast do you listen to, Kyle? Um, I listen to Sword and Scale. What is Sword and Scale? Sword and Scale is a true crime podcast. Okay, oh, cool. cool. The other one that I I haven't listened to it in a while, but Lavar Burton reads. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I fucking I haven't listened love to that listening yet, to that. It is reading that. Rainbow for Adults. It's Chris, what podcast am I listening to? Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. one Do you have a couple any favorite ones. Or? Yeah, I, we got a lot of questions, Chris. I like any got like, a show to get. I to. like the true crime, like serial killer shit, but like also, um, I listen to. Did you just copy me. I know. I yeah, listen, he did. I listen to the MFCEO project a lot. And that's that's probably the main one that I that I listen to. Which like one do you listen to? It's called the MFCEO project. CEO. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's like an entrepreneurial. It's the one podcast. that he was like talking about for like months. He was like, it's a good having a boner over. It's a good. Podcast. I love it. I, I and I'm a I'm like a lifetime listener. Like it's it's one of those shows that when I feel like I need to like get a lot of shit done, it amps me up and like gets me ready. So, Mike, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I I'm not gonna lie. Um. Some of my favorite ones. I mean, it depends like where we're at here. If we're talking about like film podcasts, like uh, I like the Projection Booth. I listen to Shockwave sometimes. Um, uh, like yeah, fucking Chris's face it looks like he just pooped. A little <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. We'll just yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like I listen to Reply All. That's a fun podcast for me. It's like a tech podcast kind of. Mm-hmm. Like it's like these two guys and they and they'll like try to solve like a tech problem but they always go on like in a weird adventure like i had my identity stolen and they'll track it down to like some dude in india mm, that's and, cool like it's pretty cool like um and i would say uh like another podcast i really like it's fucking weird is hardcore history right okay. so this guy he does a podcast like maybe every he puts out an episode every like 6 to 8 months I'm not even joking but the episode is like 8 hours long Oh wow! And the dude is just like Babylon. <laughs> he really takes yeah. you on that journey, huh? The Pharaoh came down. Well, that's what and I w- set upon to them, and then like it's sacked by the Sumerians. Like it, it he'll go on for eight hours straight. Right. And I don't know if there's a cut. It sounds like there's no cuts. Like okay. I have no idea how this guy does it. But um, it's a pretty exciting podcast if you're nice. into history. Cody? Uh, I'm a big-ass nerd that loves wrestling, so I'm mostly listening to wrestling podcasts or ESPN's 30 for 30 podcast. Uh, I love well, you. That's a dope Dude, podcast, it's so dude. good. That's Season really three good. is about to start. I'm excited. It starts Fucking at the good. end of May here, so I'm pretty excited for that. And then I also listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts like uh, Talk is Jericho, Stone Cold's podcast, um, uh, Killing the Town. Um, I, I don't listen to a lot of movie podcasts. I actually don't either. Uh, Mo Long also asked, if you could change one thing 
from past episodes, what would it be? Uh, Chris being that fucking He-Man would be great. I'd like to change that so that he could join us on this three-year. I don't even know why he's answering fucking questions, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like him to join us on the three-year anniversary, but he can't because of that. That's what I would change. Thank you, Mo Long. So like, the question is- The what... question is, if you could change one thing from past episodes- From past episodes. What would it be? So not necessarily like a review. No, you just changed something. Something you didn't like that you <sighs> wish you could go back and redo or whatever. Uh, I mean, I already said Heather's. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I there's think another one that I really... Uh... I think it's fair. My my thing is, you know, I wish... Um, I reg- I tell you this. If there's one thing I could change. It's I wish Cody was sober when we did Purple Rain because we could have <laughs> actually released that episode. Yeah. Cody got really emotional and way too trashed. And you know what? It's and yeah. I wish I would have released that episode. I'm gonna unfortunately piggyback off of that. Wow, and say, Chris, and bitch. say mostly the same thing because with the crow, that was a film that really like I remember being very excited about in my life. And like when we finally got around to reviewing it, we just did not like we couldn't figure it out. Somebody, that was, somebody somebody was got that? blasted. I think that was Mike on it that was one. Me. We couldn't yeah. figure out where we were doing with it. And I would like to go back and redo that. I'd one. like to redo it. I mean we also yeah, look the the vault had the the vault had a lot of great films. That's the thing that irritates me the most about the quote unquote cult movie vault, because what was in there was Purple Rain, <laughs> fucking Crow, Phantom of the, Phantom of the Paradise. Right. Running He's Man, just, r- Running Man. Well, we can leave that one out. Oh, no, it still would have no, been fun no, to talk right, about. Yeah. But I mean, those are some like fucking monumental films in cult film history, and they got destroyed because we got bl- well, well. One of us got way too we, drunk. A lot of us like alcohol. Although the Running Man episode contains my favorite quote in cult <laughs> film history, which is Cody screaming. I drank too much wine. The people will understand. <laughs> the episode comes abruptly to an end at that point. Matt Asendorf, he leaves a question. He asks, have you changed your opinions on any films you've covered in the past episodes? For oh, example, yeah. too harsh on something, but now you've come around and realize Return to Oz is really an underrated classic. Well, That's let me, a specific let me question say, aimed at specific um, people. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> because I gave that five stars, and I don't change that review. I gave that, I think, the lowest of the group, right? I, five TikToks for me. I stick I by it. Remember. I think I did, what, two TikToks? Love that film. Chris, you got that pulled up right there? Um, you got just, that queued up right there? <laughs> How many TikToks did I give it? <laughs> two. And I gave it two and a half, and I stick by what that. What did I give it? I stand by my shit as well. Fuck Cody it. gave it two and a half as yeah. well. Oh, Mike, five. Mike gave that shit five. Oh, yeah, all I'll day stick by long. two and a half. So the question, again, is would, yeah. we, would we ever change? Got an answer. I would we ever, ever change our ratings on anything? I do have an answer for that, yes. Yeah, okay, go, go for, for it. Go for it, Cody. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is too harsh on it. It's one of the better ones in the series. I was wrong. Oh, all right, cool. Can I, can I be <laughs> honest? Can I be honest? I yeah. think I was a little harsh on hardware. You're fucking high. What? I think I, I get the fuck what? out. That movie wasn't even that good. I We're he man in this shit. I was now. at a one. I was at a one. I'd probably go up to maybe a two. On I hardware. still no. I still not even like a big change. I still don't like. It's that like movie. a monumental shift. Okay, we're looking like for a movie. monumental shift. I still don't like that movie. Might have been a little hard on Night of the Comet. What'd you give Night of the Comet? A two. Yeah, you were. That's a bullshit right there. Kyle gave oh. Hocus Pocus a one and a half. Wow, you son of a bitch. Fucking own that. What did I give Hocus by the rest of my life? I hate that fucking film. <laughs> Can't stand you guys. Yeah, wow. you don't hate it that That's much. A surprise. Mike, do you want to change your rating for Zapped? <laughs> <laughs>
But my answer to that is I would have never picked the Prowler. <laughs> That's my. I wouldn't change the rating. I just would never have picked that movie. You would have never let that happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, did you give an answer? Probably Night of the Demons. I gave it a one. It deserves a little bit. I could say that. like a two and a half what? or a three. And you know the other one too, and only because we did it live and I really kind of saw it as a different film with Street Trash. Um, we have Ryan Van Horn. He says, Good work, guys. I love the show. Congratulations. Just wondered how much you think the show has changed, your taste in films, if at all. And it's doing it changed the way you watch movies now. I will take that one first. Go for um, it. So I'll say this. I and I'll answer the second part of the question. Has it changed the way that I watch movies now? Um I'm gonna say no. I ever since I was a little kid, the thing about the thing that I love about movies is I love movies. I love the magic of movies and I love the 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 trick that it plays on you. So as even as an adult, I've held on to the ability to sit there and shut my brain off and actually be tricked by what I'm presented. So I'm still able to enjoy a movie. Now, if this has ruined anything, this has ruined movies that I've chosen from my childhood because now I must analytically, you know, review these films and point out all the faults and holes and terrible plot points that these that these movies from my childhood had so in a in a sense it's ruined those films and it's films that we've covered on the show i feel like have been ruined if that if i have any kind of childhood lineage or linkage to it but in terms of casual everyday viewing no it has not changed my way has it improved the amount of movies that i watch or changed the taste in the movies i watch yes i feel like i'm more eager to I'm more eager to invest in search out and research genres of film that I love because I want to be more informed. Um, what was the question again? The question was just wondering how much you think the show has changed your taste in films, if at all, and has doing it changed the way that you watch movies? Here's my answer for you. Is it Ryan Van Horn? This is Ryan Van Horn. Ryan, here's my answer for you, Ryan. I'm glad you asked. Uh, number one, uh, no. Number two, no. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, okay. quick and simple. There you go. No, it has. Um, as far as, well, as far as my desire to see films, yes, it has changed that. Uh, and what I uh, and viewing wise, but as far as like what I like, and that's the thing I I like about this podcast. And this is where I was going with that. So I'm glad you challenged me. I knew you'd fall for the trap. Um, <laughs> is yeah, that snare. it's four of us, and you get four differing opinions because I think we all have somewhat different opinions on films. Uh, I tend to like stupid, schlocky uh, boob stuff. <laughs> That's what I like. Cool. You know what I mean? So I I have a different taste than maybe uh, Chris does, who likes stupid, schlocky horror shit that he has to watch for work all the time because he's just a little whore bitch, little, 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 little horror movies. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds yeah. horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah, we all have we all have completely different backgrounds of film. I think. Yeah, but no, that's 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 what and that's what I like about it. So, um, my how I watch movies, how has it changed? No, because I think you've heard me say it a thousand times. If I don't connect with a character, I don't give a shit about the movie. It usually goes hand in hand. So, I've, and I've always watched movies like that. That's why I can like movies like Congo because I can find some kind of charm in the gorilla and just like it so much that I won't watch it all the time. <laughs> Stupid. But that's how I like movies. And some people like movies like me. And some people like movies like Mike. And some people like movies like Chris. And some people like movies like Kyle. And you get to choose from any one of four opinions. 
in one spot. It's like a fucking Costco. No, it's a buffet. It's a buffet of choice. It's like a buffet of review choices. I feel like it has changed my the way I watch films, and it has changed my taste in films too. Um, You know, yeah, I watch a lot of horror movies, and I like horror films, but you know, I didn't come into this liking Asian film, you know, Asian cinema like Kung Fu or Japanese or ninja films or Mm. even canon films for that matter. You know, and I mean, maybe a few here and there, but you know, I've gotten a chance to explore on the show, which has opened me up to like just new genres that I wouldn't have normally found interesting or I didn't even know certain films existed, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it has changed my taste to some degree. Um, and it hasn't changed how I watch a movie. Um, yeah, because every time I see something new, you know, it kind of changes a little bit on how I watch the, on how I watch films and how I perceive films and how I reference things, you know, that I've seen in other films. Uh, you know, it's it's always like evolving for I me. Guess, yeah, I guess it does change like what I get excited about too. Because now I like like fucking brother Ryan sends so many trailers my way. Like I'll watch yeah. it and you'll be like, oh, okay, I gotta see that. Yeah, but I needed like my thing. I think that's what I was saying is I'm able to compartmentalize movies for the podcast versus movies for my own enjoyment. Mike? I had this actual situation, like this actual like epiphany, not like maybe two weeks ago, right? So I was, it was late at night, I wanted to watch a film, and I'm like scrolling through my Roku, and it was like something between like I think like the Red Shoes and then Kill Baby Kill. Hmm. And I was like, okay, this super classic film that like every film, like like filmmaker raves about as being one of the great cinema masterpieces, and then Kill Baby Kill by Larry Obama, and I totally picked Kill Baby Kill, mm-hmm. like I totally did. Like it was more interesting yeah. to me. I can tell you that before starting this podcast, there it wouldn't have been. An, I, I probably wouldn't even have found Kill Baby Kill. I probably wouldn't even have been looking for something yeah. like that. Right. I think you it's of all different. you you actually of everyone. Well, I don't know. I go back and forth between you and Cody, but I feel like you guys have both evolved the most. Because I mean, you gave me a list of shit you want me to add a plex server. One of those was necromantic, and I'm like, what the fuck is fucking Mike asking me to add this shit? Like, <laughs> never in a million years would you strike me as somebody who would want to. Because here's the weird thing now that about it. <laughs> Look at that film. You the know? weird thing about it now is like now that I've started this show, like it's. It's almost like it's fucking Pokemon. I gotta like collect them all and right? see yes. them all. Yeah, it's true, right? Yes. So it's like like you like you guys saw Solo. I bought Solo, yeah. and everybody was like, "Why the fuck would you buy Solo?" Yeah, I and I was why like, "We'd spend forty dollars on that." I, <laughs> I, because I wanted to own it. Like yeah. I was just like, "Well, I want to hear. I want to own yeah. this film that everybody talks about." You know, and uh, I think Cody's, God, Co- Cody's that one. I will say though, Cody, yeah, Cody's it. growth oh, I think is the ha- one that makes me the happiest because Cody. Could not when we first started the show. Could not even be bothered with anything that could be remotely regarded as an art house film. Yeah, now so, and now he can better. actually yeah. appreciate. Something. Yeah, I like Gummo. There you go. See, there you go. I like Gummo. We have a lot. one more question left. We this do? is from J Plu Five. Hell yeah! Oh, J Plu. I think it's just J Plu. It's J Plu Five. J Plu Five. That's what we're calling it. J Plu Five. We called you that for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening all three years. Yes, you have. Yep. One of the first podcasts I ever ascribed to. Great. He's using your fucking jokes, <laughs> Cody. Cody did comedy. Again, too. thank you, JPlu5, for making those catchphrases stick. Uh, you know what? It's really appreciated. That is. We appreciate you. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Um, I re- just, just making him feel 
uh, validated in some way. Um, he continues to say, though, uh, you may have said on the show, but I'm curious how you guys know each other. Friends from school, work, or something like that? You can find me at listening to each and every episode. Well, uh, that's yeah. a good question. This is, uh, this is easy to answer. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, something like that. So I've known Chris since I was in seventh grade. He didn't like me then. And then we, uh, he went to high school, and then Still I went to high school. like you. And then <laughs> Still just we start hanging out and so much shit. making movies and doing stuff like that. And then uh, me and Chris lived together. And we became best friends. And we've been friends ever since. Uh, so going on about 18 years, Kyle is Chris's cousin. Yep. So going on about uh, going on about thirty years. Going on about thirty years, they've known <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah, so we only shit, met yeah, like two shit, years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and blood what, thicker than water, motherfucker. What happened was me and Chris had a band, and we needed a bass player. Kyle plays bass. I do play bass. So Kyle joined the band. I showed up to. I showed up. I legit showed up with the mindset that I was playing one show for you guys, <laughs> and I said, "Cool." <laughs> What other shows are you guys planning on playing? Remember, we were leaving Walmart, and you, Cody, you actually said, "Like, fuck you, time out. You're in the band. You'll you would be there." <laughs> and I was like, "That's when I found out I actually was in the band. I didn't realize I agreed to do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's forced into it. <laughs> yeah, I was like we, in the car, like, "Well, I guess I'm here now." So we needed a bass player. Yep. You so, thought you were too metal for us, but you weren't. I still think I'm too metal. We for turned you, him. We turned him. That's, okay. That's right. And then Mike, um, through circumstances, <laughs> I I ran in the same circles basically. Yeah. Um, and then the we film like, side for sure. Yeah, like I I worked on films that you guys had worked on, mm-hmm. but like all of us, I feel like we didn't really get to know each other. Um, yeah, for a while. But we kept like meeting each other in parties, and then I started dating somebody yeah, that yeah. everybody knew. That was the right. unfortunate part that, I was well, talking about. Yeah, it's okay, <laughs> um, and uh, that that kind of got us uh, closer together. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, yeah, I I didn't I knew you in passing. I knew right. you just in passing. I knew a lot of you in passing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it wasn't until we started hanging out that yeah, I got to know you more for yeah. sure, and. Found out you and I have way more in common in film than these guys. And then you moved into my home. And then and then I and then I said, Hey, remember the, remember remember when I was drunk the other night talking about I really need to get a get out of this place and find a new place to live? Yeah, you mean last night? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you so, remember that? And it was like the next day. At Eight AM. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta move out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah, you that's it. how we know each well, other. Well, well, it's a long roundabout then, sort of way. And then Cody and, and and Mike convinced each other that a podcast was a cool idea. So, yeah. mm-hmm. boom. And then Chris uh, tagged along. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, if it didn't do that, then it wouldn't be a nightmare. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, what else? Uh, and we're back. Thanks for joining us. Three-year anniversary show. We're talking about communion. It was Chris's pick. Came out in 1989. It was directed by... Directed? 
directed. It was directed by directed. Philippi Mora. Philippe. Philippe. I think it's like Philip, dude. I think it's Philip Moore. No. I think it is Philip Moore. It's He's Philippe. Australian. It's yeah, not like I a weird. Think I think it's, it's Philippe. It's Philippe? It's really not. It's Philippe. Philip Moore. <laughs> yeah. Philip Moore. All right, cool. Philip Moore. Came out in 1989. <laughs> it had a box. It had a box. I'm sorry. It had a budget of. Oh no! It had a box office of 1.92 million dollars. Real big hit. Mm. Was filmed here in the U.S. and has a 20 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This was Chris's pick. Chris, why did you pick Communion? I wanted to touch a subject that is uh, very uh, interesting to me. You know, every night before I go to sleep, I always put on UFO documentaries and. Um, alien documentaries and stuff like it's kind of like my bedtime stories. So I was listening to a podcast and they had brought this film up and they didn't really go too much into detail about it, but they said Christopher Walken and aliens. And so I kind of looked it up and saw some of the still imagery from this film mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, I got to fucking see what this is all about. So communion, man, this is uh, yeah, my first time watching it. Had anyone heard of this film before or seen this film before? I have not heard of this film before. Um, it was funny. Chris asked if I could find this film, and I found it online. And when I find it online, I, I'm given like a uh, like a 32 thumbnail little thing that shows me kind of the, the full film, you know? Yeah. And one of the thumbnails was just this insane alien face. I'm just <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> here we go. Right. Well, I had not heard of the movie, but I had heard of the book, and I actually owned the book, and I had read part of the book. Uh, but I couldn't tell you a single thing about the book, and then after watching the movie, I was like, oh, now I remember why. Mm. Uh, we'll get to that at the end of the show when I give my review. Okay, wow. I love um, it. What a foreshadow. Um, to answer your questions, yes, uh, I had heard of this film. Um, it's actually been like a weird, like, like a, like a family thing in my in my family. Like okay. th- this film gets mentioned a lot. It, this is weird. So my 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 grandmother owned the book. Yeah. Uh, and when I used to spend uh like summers in New York with her, um, like it would freak me out because like the cover of the book is kind of scary. And my uncle uh, is a huge, like, Christopher Walken fan, and he used to, like, do Im- Im- impressions of this particular film. Like, what's that over there? Like, he would do that a lot, and he would do it all the time. He would tell me to go watch this movie, Communion. Um, I have kind of seen this film. Um, I've seen parts uh, of it uh, that um, I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, there, like I've I've watched parts of the film, particularly the alien uh, visitation parts of this film. Right. I had never actually seen the m- the movie from start to finish. Okay. But yeah, I had seen uh, uh, you know, I guess I would call it like maybe a third of the film. Okay. Whatever the cool yeah, things are. With that being said, Mike, why don't we just roll right into it? Plots with Mike. All right, communion. Uh, yeah, this uh is a uh, it's you like you said. Cody, it's based on a book. Uh, and how do you pronounce it, Chris? It's Whitley Whitley Schreiber. Schreiber. Yeah. Schreiber? yeah, pretty yes. sure. Whitley Schreiber. Schreiber. Whitley Schreiber. All right, so uh, old Whitley. Old, he, uh, old Whitley. He was a he was an author, uh, and one day he had um, an event happen to him. This is like a little bit of backstory. I hate to say it, but I mean, I think it goes into the book. Uh, he had an event happen to him where he felt like he saw or gotten abducted by something, and he ended up writing a book about it. Um, that is, this movie is based on that book, 
like you said. Um, it stars uh, him, actually, played by Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. He's an author. Uh, he has a family. He has a small child. Um, really just kind of starts off with him just trying to write his book, you know, get some time alone. Um, and then he, they uh, have some friends. They come by to hang out with him in his uh, cabin up in upstate New York. And when that happens, a giant light kind of shines on the house. And um, he has this vision of these, uh, I guess you could say, aliens or demons um, that are kind of invading his house. Um, the weird thing about it, though, is that his friend, who are staying, who is staying there, also sees this light. Right? They don't see the creatures, but they see this light. So... Um, Throughout the rest of the film, he pretty much goes to this thing where he really does think he's just kind of crazy, right? Like, he's he he's more of a rationalist. He thinks that there's obviously a, a, a rational explanation for this. Maybe he's insane. Maybe he's this. But he keeps going to all of these experts to try to figure out what why he keeps seeing these visions and why he keeps uh, uh, seeing these creatures. And, uh, you know, this woman just basically says eventually she, he kind of goes into this weird... Uh, what well, seems to be like like an AA meeting, mm. but for people that have experienced this very mm-hmm. similar thing, right? This happens. And they start kind of talking about the same types of creatures. They're seeing the same types of creatures. And that's where he really kind of goes off the rails a little bit because now it's almost like there's too much of a coincidence and it really does shatter his realm of like whether or not he's like existing in a world reality. And that's where this film really kind of starts going kind of crazy and I want to even say that this film starts getting almost experimental mm-hmm. like it, it it gets really hard because it, it's almost like he kind of like accepts these visions and kind of like wants to be a part of them and mm-hmm. he stops kind of um, denying their existence and that's where this film really gets weird I mean and I mean that's pretty much the plot it's this guy really trying to struggle with these weird things that he's seen and him just trying to either rationalize it or just accept the fact that something is happening to him plus of a metaphysical he, plus nature. Try, plus, plus he's trying to, you know, deal with the, oh, how yeah. do I keep my family together and how right, do I deal with the fact that my, that my, I, potentially my son is experiencing the same thing. Right, I think right, right. This is starting to really impact his family point. and his friends, too. His friends don't well, want to be around. I, 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 uh, yes, but I feel like the the... the 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 point with his son is a huge plot. Oh yeah, it's it's like Massive, a big it's a so. big thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, that was plots with Mike. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about communion. I'm going to take you farther forward in that night. You relax, deep sleep. You're going to remain calm. What happens? I am you. You, me. We're back. We're talking about communion. Came out in 1989. This was Chris's pick. Classic smooth jazz pick from Chris when he picked communion. You know, I only got one question for Chris. Yeah, what's yeah. up? Why didn't you pick Fire in the Sky? You know, I, th- I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you pick an entertaining movie? I'll I, say it. I thought about picking that one after I had watched this film. I was like, I was like, why didn't I pick Fire in the Sky? And I think maybe because. 
Christopher Walken was in this one. He's an interesting person. I I typically like him in films. It's a film I had never heard of and never seen before. Mm-hmm. And and just based on the the still imagery alone, I was like, how did this one slip by me? Yeah. You know. So so yeah, I think it was just more intriguing let because me, I've seen Fire in the let Sky. Let me before. get my shots in where I can then, real quick, because you know what? The film opens up and you got crazy walking, doing crazy walking, which I'm okay with. I love walking. It's charismatic as fuck. No problem with walking. He is fantastic in this movie. He's the only thing that keeps this movie entertaining. If it wasn't for him, but this is, uh, yeah, this is this is walking in. In, and full walk and mode. That's why this, this is, is what I'll, I I am dubbing the walk insanity. This is, this is, this is <laughs> like this is like this is the this is the pinnacle. Deep. This is the pinnacle of walking. Yeah. This is so. If you can picture whatever vision you currently have in your head about Christopher Walken, I want you to multiply that by ten. Yep. And that's what you get in this movie. He, he's really trying it all. Remember when uh, Al Pacino was uh like a like an under like a like a calm and collected actor no. he was in uh good <laughs> he was in godfather he was in dog day afternoon and then one day he did scent of a woman and then every film after was ha hoo, ha like that <laughs> yeah. this is like it, it's like walking went in reverse <laughs> yeah like if you look at this film this is his biggest hoo ha moment yeah cuz there's a lot of weird i mean he's not this weird in, in deer hunter no, honest. he's not. He's very. He's a very straight actor. This that. is like, yeah, it, it really does make you wonder if the director was just like, "Hey, Chris, just do what you want, man. This is this is fascinating." Yeah, yeah. I think this is at a point in his career where he has, he has, he he's done the Academy Award winning films. He's done. He, he's had the. He's had the really strong, impactful, minimalist roles, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like, I think, enjoying himself at this point. And he's like, I'm going to. Flex my muscles with I I've I've been cast as a character who I personally believe to be batshit crazy. So I'm going to try to project the best version of that. I, I don't can. know if it was that was the case or that this movie is going to be shit. So I better fucking play this up. I don't think, I don't that think he knew so. That I it don't would think. Be shit. Yeah, I, I think no, he thought no. this what, movie well, was going to be weird, and so he really put on trivi- a strange performance. No, wasn't the trivia about what he said to the actual author? That's really? different. But no, that doesn't mean he yeah, thinks it's going to be a shit movie. A shit I movie. think that he oh. thinks. I'm an actor, and I know how to perceive my yeah. character. And my character that I'm being I'm being cast as is batshit crazy. Yeah. And when the real person comes up to me and says, "Why are you playing me like that?" It's like look you in the fucking thought, mirror, dude. You know who thought they were going to be in a good movie and they weren't? Who? Bob Hopkins and uh, fucking who friend Roger Rabbit? No, no he's, <laughs> talking, he's talking about Super Mario Brothers. Obviously, you damn right. I'm talking about Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's fucking obvious. That's an obvious poll. John Leguizamo. I, yeah. I mean, I will say this: this is like if we're gonna relate it to another actor, like maybe Nicolas Cage. Like this is his bad lieutenant. Like it's like his. It, it yeah. does feel like that film where he just lets loose, or like his Ghostwriter Two. I think he was probably given a lot of creative freedom <laughs> with this Ghostwriter Two, and and a lot. Drive it, I don't know if you felt like this. I felt like there a lot I of some of it was angry. probably improv. Like some of it was yeah. him just improvising. Yeah, I think a lot of it is set up the camera and let Christopher Walken do his thing. Like, well, because here's the thing: like Christopher, the aspect of it that I think wasn't necessarily I'm going to be overtly crazy and projecting this is the writer aspect of that character the way that he kind of he kind of goes through that creative process we see him doing it on film there's a lot of scenes where there's no real direction that scene at all it's simply 
Christopher Walken establishing himself as I'm a writer and this is within my creative bubble and this is how I create. Right. So we see him alone at home, not ever to anybody except himself, and he's just working through it. Unfortunately, it's Christopher Walken and it's Christopher Walken insane Christopher Walken. Yeah, let's ask, and you're talking, this is something that I couldn't quite understand because I write, you know, like, and you're I just that you're not doing it the right way then. Uh, yeah, apparently not you because. Film yourself. I have to film myself. Uh, I have to have a weird, like, MS-DOS, like, fucking Matrix shit going on yeah. on my TV screen. A computer that does nothing. Let's just yeah. say that. And then, like... Except Crash. He has, like, headphones in the whole time, but he's, like, not even listening to music, but maybe dancing. Like, it's a weird... It's a weird, It's like, not a process that would work for me. Let's just put it that way. reality while being in it. Yeah. You know, that's what he's doing. It's so weird, and he's, like... You never actually see his hands touch here's a fucking thing. keyboard. No, he like, records it all, dude. He's just speaking. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing. You got you got to remember, he's literally got to take the action of writing and turn that into a form, uh, like a uh, uh, like a uh, performance, like a yeah, like a visual entertaining it's thing. The only way it's the that... fucking movie. Well, well I understand <laughs> that, but it's not like Jack Nicholson didn't do it in The Shining well, or something. I mean, like that, I mean, you know? I think like, I I do think we're overlooking like a small character arc though, which is that his character has writer's block. And he yeah, that's true. He, he does spends have most of this movie going through talking through all these insane things, but then at the end of the day, he's like, "I got fucking nothing to do." Hold on, yeah. which doesn't that like throw caution to the wind of because this is this is perceived as the book is perceived as a true story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's no, written, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, and it's like he had writer's block all up until all this happened, and then he wrote yes. a book. Right, right. It, it definitely throws shade on that. You know, it's like, I is this legit? Is this a guy who? Pretty much came up with a stellar idea because he had writer's lock. He 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 completely went outside of his bubble of what it appeared like his normal writing style was, and then suddenly you're doing this kind of nonfiction alien shit. I don't know, but in the film, it's it it, it at least I don't know if it sparks his imagination or not. But oh it, no, it he's completely like, I, I've heard his him. Life up. I've heard him like on coast to coast and stuff, and like oh, he, okay. he swears by this shit. Yeah, well, you know, it's That's not this movie. Thing. He doesn't like the movie, from what I understand. The question yeah, is, not a, but I wouldn't yeah. be either if that about was what story. happened to him. He 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 fully believes what happened to him happened to him. In the question, dance party. It's happened. really like, is it psychological? Is it just a psychological, well, like nervous breakdown kind of a thing? And or I don't know, because here's the thing, like man, with this movie too, is like this movie in the beginning of it, like even with walking, going walking, like it had me. I liked it. Yes, and the lights. And all that stuff with the the guest was yes. frightening. Yeah. Even the little face peering when he sees it and the yeah. little thing in the face. Yeah. And then it just goes to fucking clown town. Here's yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like and, and and this is what I was talking about earlier is when I when I when I got the film and I got it loaded up on the Plex server and I just kind of scrolled through it just to make sure it was working, like I saw a few screenshots that I thought and actually, I text the group. I text the group. I said, "Oh, it's another monsters piece of shit film from Chris." <laughs> and within the first fifteen minutes, I was like hooked. I was like, "I like the journey that I'm going on." The 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 first encounter with the lights and stuff, I agree, was just done really well. And actually, was reminiscent of like a film we've seen like nowadays. Like it's, it was yeah. very reminiscent of something like a uh, Dark Skies or or The Fourth Kind. It had that same kind of vibe to it. And I was like, wow, this is an older movie, and it's still kind of it's really nailing that kind of uncertainty and fear that an alien yeah. abduction movie should have. Well, and then fucking the spaghetti arm grays come out. Well, okay. <laughs> well, there they were balloons. Hold on, but sure. <laughs> right. I, I I would like to establish that he doesn't 
necessarily think that it's an, an abduction. No, he doesn't at all. He doesn't think that it's aliens. He's so. actually in like denial. I think everybody else is kind of like something happened. Well, dude. yeah, and and this is like this is where this movie got personal for me, right? So, right. like, um, so I I I when I was a teenager, I suffered from something called like sleep paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this this I it's this thing that happens to you basically like it normally happens right before you're about to fall asleep or right at, right when you wake up. For me it was always right before right I was before. gonna fall asleep, right? Yeah. And I would kind of start dozing off and then my body would freeze and I would get locked up. And you're awake, your eyes are open, but you start seeing hallucinations, mm-hmm. like and oftentimes because you're fr- dreaming, technically frightening hallucinations. But here's where the weird thing happens with it: a lot of the hallucinations that people have. This is a common thing. I think it's like one in five people have had at least one experience of this happening to them. Right? This happened to me for almost six or seven years. Yeah. Like it went from a weekly occurrence for me to now maybe once a year it happens. Very rarely, maybe even once every two years. It's a very rare occurrence that it happens anymore. But um, you see very similar types of creatures and they all kind of the scene in the movie where they're actually having that weird AA meeting and they're all saying like I've seen the same thing and they're all the same creatures right that is something that is very common for people that suffer from this and then they get together in a group and start talking yeah Um, a great documentary that really kind of outlines the type of things that you see is the nightmare yeah It, it, it actually really is really good and as a when I was a teenager, um, I saw a lot of stuff that even in this movie I would definitely say is almost verbatim. Really? Yeah. Um, for instance, like the um there's two creatures in this movie, right? There's the what or the greys. We're actually not really greys in no, this movie. They're kinda like yeah, spaghetti kind of creatures, right? <laughs> The spaghettis. And then there's the, the classic looking alien. Right, with, the classic type of looking alien that, you know, was on the cover of the book, you right, know, and right. people really use it. And then there's these other creatures that are these just dark hooded kind yeah. of troll looking things. Yeah, they're almost so, like reptilian looking. The dark hooded creatures is actually something that like a lot of people with sleep paralysis really? account That's of actually saying. Kind of... And I saw a lot of these. Really? Yeah. There was one very specific occurrence that I remember where I was in bed. And um, I'm about to fall asleep like you normally do. And normally it comes like there's a buzzing. It's a really, it almost sounds like white noise loud in your head or in your ears. Yeah. Like that's why you can kind of tell like it's about to come on. And then um, over my bed there was one of these dark kind of hooded. It almost looked like the Grim Reaper kind of thing. Whoa. It was just a black thing. You could tell he was wearing like a hood. Um, and the only thing I could see was his eyes. And they were bright white, right? And all I remember is I saw him, I tried screaming, nothing came out because I was frozen, Right. but it's almost as if he heard me, and his reaction was he saw me, and his reaction to me was he was startled by my scream. Like, his white eyes got really scared, and then he just phased out. Weird. Whoa. I've had worse ones where they went on for a while, like I've been in times when I've fallen asleep and there are just dark figures walking past me like I'm in a city. Crazy. And they're walking around. Um, I had one really vivid one uh, where... I'm getting fucking chills, motherfucker. Yeah, it, it, it get, I had a lot of these. Um, so remember the scene in this movie where um, the greys take their jaw out and there's like this weird black figure inside? Right, right. right? And you see it almost in full view when it's a child behind a jack-o'-lantern. It pops out. 
Yeah. Right. So I saw a very similar type of quote unquote gray creature in in, in a vision I had. Right. I was sleeping in my bed on my side. And it started happening again, the buzzing like it normally does. And right in front of me was a like a little guy, maybe three feet tall, right? He looked a lot like a gray, except he was all black. But he had the same weird, like, V-shaped eyes, like those big, long, black eyes. Uh, almond eyes. Right, and it looked a lot like the, the, the creature that was behind the jack-o'-lantern that jumps up and scares him, okay. right? Like a weird triangular type of head. Right, and that it, was a more insect-like yeah. creature. Yeah, and this yeah. thing was very, like, insect-like, right? Yeah. And then uh, the next thing I remember is it passed, it walked towards me and through me, and then tried to, like, push me, like, it felt, like, out of my body. Weird. And I had this, like, thing where I, like, tried to reach for my lamp, and it warped away from my hand. <laughs> wow. Wow, I was going to, I was going yeah. to come to this episode with my... Because I knew Mike was going to talk about his sleep paralysis, and I was going to come to the table with my like one real vivid experience. But I feel like you just shat on every anything that I could have. Yeah, you're seeing like reptilian right beings and shit. This it, is... it was a pretty vivid experience. Yeah. Like I'm glad that it doesn't have the last one I ever had. It just I just heard slamming on my bedroom door, and it wasn't really there. That's that was your cat trying to get in. No, I, no, it was really like a, my uh, cat was I, in the room. I do want to compare <laughs> notes though, because I will tell you the only time I ever had a, a, an experience with a shadow kind of people on sleep paralysis was actually an alien dream believe it or not huh. which is weird enough was i was leaving work and an alien uh vessel i suppose was coming out of the sky and everybody in the parking lot was screaming and pointing up at it and i remember just being becoming completely uh just completely full of fear that's the only feeling i can remember and i cowered next to my car thinking if i if i get hide and get low they won't see me and as i looked up over my shoulder i was surrounded by these black shadow figures it's a weird so here's where it got shitty here's where the dream gets shitty okay okay i wake up in my bedroom this is when i live with chris wake up in my bedroom i look looking around my room i'm like okay and then the light under my door gets bright and then the entire room lights up bright white, and all the shadow figures are surrounding me in my fucking bedroom. Wow. And I That's tried screaming, good. and I couldn't scream. And I just kept thinking, for the love of God, please wake up, wake up, wake up. And I finally did wake up, and I popped out of bed, and I like, ran downstairs and went out to the garage and was just smoking cigarettes for the next two hours trying to keep myself yeah, awake. Yeah, I can wow. imagine. <laughs> my only experience with that is after I watched that documentary. Yeah. I think it put the idea in my head that this is like a possible thing. So I fell asleep actually right after that documentary. And I remember a point where I was laying down and I was, I got scared because I'm like, Oh no, I'm having sleep paralysis and I couldn't wake myself up. Like Mm -hmm. I tried to throw myself up off the, like the couch. I was laying on the couch. Happened to me once. One time, I was in the Coast Guard, I was in my barracks, I was fully asleep, I woke up, uh, it felt like there was a 300-pound man on top of me holding me down, I couldn't move, I was screaming for help, but nothing was coming out of my mouth, I was fully awake, I was yeah. aware of my surroundings, mm-hmm. I did, knew it wasn't a dream, like, I yeah. knew it wasn't a dream, like, this is not a dream, uh, I thought it was, something was trying to enter my body, I thought I was being possessed, I went the holy route on this one, because I was raised Baptist, uh, and you know, you see the fucking exorcist. This is what you think. Um, yeah, right. 
you know, I think like someone's trying to enter my body. I'm being possessed. Like I have to fight this off as much. I was praying as like crazy. Like didn't know what was happening to me. Didn't talk about it for years. Yeah. Because I thought people would think I was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, th- and this is, and this is actually why, like I have seen the parts of this film actually, because so this haunted me for a long, I was actually raised Catholic. Right. Yeah. And I actually remember like going to a priest about this shit. Like, because I didn't know how to, like, take it on. And I did the same thing as you did, man. I didn't talk about it for a while. And then when the internet started becoming a thing, like, I took it upon myself to one day being like, well, maybe this is, like, a a thing, you know? And I found out there's a long history of it. Like, it stems even back to, like, ancient times where people have actually told stories of this type of thing, very similar stories. Mm, And there are now, like, groups of people that actually have had this experience and they get together and they talk about it. This movie... So was Whitley one of those people? Well, that's that's what I was gonna go go on to say. Like, there are a lot of movies that um, that the community. I maybe I should call it a community. I suppose it's a community it's of a community. people, yeah. right? Yeah. People that have experienced this kind of thing that have kind of said like, well, either the person that wrote this had experienced it, or they just nailed it on the head really hard. This is one of those movies. Um, Insidious is one of those movies. Strangely yep. enough, okay. that's another one that kind of has this idea of. Yeah. Another world of people, and they can yes. kind of come to you and and speak to you. Um, I, get a, I get that vibe when I watch that movie. Yeah, it's Insidious very, is it, one. It, it reminds me of shit, which I don't. Uh, like. The Nightmare. Obviously, we talked about that documentary right. about it. Um, there's another film about it as well, and it, it's like about a guy and his family, and he ends up like going on to another world or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, this one is a big one because. The images that he sees in this are very, very similar to what people have described. Mm. So, is oh. this in the book though? Has anybody actually read the book? I read. I read see, here's, read, here's my thing: is I read like uh, maybe a couple of chapters into the book before I I gave up on did it. We get in, did you get far enough in where we had any kind of abduction? Uh, I do, but here's the thing that I and it's funny because it, it goes hand in hand with my review of this movie. Um, is because it, I, as much we were just talking about sleep paralysis, and that's more like again more interesting than the movie, and that goes hand in hand with the book, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think I finished it because I was bored. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. Like I just remember it being a boring book. I don't really remember what it's what it's about, and the kind of same thing with this movie. All I can tell you about this movie is Christopher Walken. I mean, here's shotgun a th- bang. Here's the thing. <laughs> Watch out for that thing. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. All the really intense and kind of crazy stories of our personal lives that we just shared, like pales in comparison to the dance party that ends this. That's film. what I'm saying. That's where it goes. Like, it's like it gets to a point in this movie where it is fucking insane. That and the fighting between him and his wife just gets so fucking annoying. You know what? The fighting between him and his wife, I don't. It doesn't piss me off in any way because I feel like this is. For the most part, is semi-normal. If a if a wife, I will say, wait, I I, I want to backtrack a little bit. I will say she was a bit of a kind of shitty towards him. It's like, look, if your husband is noticeably fucking fearful of something, don't berate him and make him feel like a piece of shit. Oh, I know that was kind of a weird scene. It's I like, thought that was a weird scene. Yeah, it's like why you know I was like the but, guy got freaked out. So what? Uh, I like, will I will say, man, when he almost shoots her with the fucking shotgun. Oh, it's a pretty that. psychotic. There was a part of me where I was just like, most women would be like, "I'm out, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of this motherfucker." Yeah, I, know. I I'm never surprised she walked up and just took it away, and that was it. Yeah. I was just like, "That's it, no, no, no hit." That's the '80s, man. People shoot at you all the time in the '80s. Yeah. A lot of people don't remember that. Well, but gun safety was yeah. out the window. 
Don't you know, save his other window. So the thing is, though, like the the you know, if this is based on true story, the na- the the friends they brought up to the cabin, if that's a, a part of the real story, um, would have encountered something, or would have felt like they would have encountered something. Yeah, that's the part of it where it's a little thing. Like I, I've actually been in rooms when it happened to me, and then there was another person in the room. I've never had a fucking person be like, "Yeah, I totally witnessed it too." Like I know exactly what you're talking. Like w- I've never had anybody. Yeah. Do that. I would never in a million years, if I had a conversation with the four of you guys, and I said, I had this weird dream last night, and then you all four were like, we also had that dream. I would never be like, it's normal. We just all had the same dream. You know, it's like the same house. There's no, no fucking conceivable way that I would ever imagine that us four would end up in a dream together. Right. If we all agree something happened, guess what? It wasn't a fucking dream, dude. Yeah, it right. all happened, right? Yeah, it was real right. life. So I don't know about that part of the story. I mean, again, and I haven't read the books. Like, maybe this was added into the movie, and it's yeah. not in the book. Maybe it is in the book. I I don't know. It seems weird that, like, there was, like, seven witnesses in a house that, like, all yeah. experienced here's, the same thing. But here's even the weirder thing. It's like, you know what? All this shit is tormenting me. I'm tormented. I'm, I'm just fucking tormented by this. You know what I'm going to do? Go drive out to him, and then dance with him. Really work things out. Peace agreement. That's well. Well, I mean, that's a that's, descent. That's a descent into his, I guess, like madness, and like he he accepts that. It's a weird. It? It's a really weird ending. But you know, the, my question is like, he has this encounter. He had this experience. It freaks him out. Life goes on. He he finds himself more and more scared. Decides to go back to the same place of the incident. A like un- unassumingly, like a you know, times he goes back. He goes yeah. back. He goes back, and you know, for Christmas, and then he has another encounter. Like the dad is like. Yeah, but the doesn't he have Christmas. a conversation with his boy even before they go back for Christmas? Yeah, there's and like the a kid indicates. I think I saw something. Yeah, something happened. He basically and they, describes yeah. it. Going back, like I just don't. I just wrap my head around. I it. I will say, Cody, that for somebody that did have it a lot of times happen to me. Um, I actually did exactly what he did. Anal probing, you had a lot of that. I got an anal, a, g- a good, a good I anal a, probing. I got a good, you almost a good, shot a, a good remin. You almost shot a, a lady one. with a shotgun. No, while uh, <laughs> while being probed. No, anally. no, actually, I, I had a, I, I had an occurrence happen to me. It was like uh, it was happening again one time, and I just let it happen. Like I kind of like tried to like explore it. Like my my your normal reaction is like fight this shit right like wake up get up scream so, and instead my whole thing was so Walker's I'm just gonna be like I'm watching a movie and just kind of experience so it his just, his way of owning it is to just initiate in a spaceship dance party it's really I'm the kids, right now I never had a dance party with him and yeah. I didn't get to smell Listen, them I didn't I'm get to not, smell them yeah, I'm right. not <laughs> I am not making this up people who are listening at home. There is a fucking dance party at the end there of this is. movie it where sure Christopher is. Walken starts sniffing the faces of aliens. Yeah, <laughs> there is a re- it's a real cantina moment. It's, real Star Wars it's, it's, cantina. It is like moment. cantina. It's like moment. cantina after hours. Well, it was real weird because <laughs> yeah, he did the the one gray, the one squiggly arm gray. He comes floating down all squiggly armed, and then he takes <laughs> half his face off like he's wearing a gray suit. Yeah, it's like and a what's disguise under- almost. What underne- what's underneath is a dick mouth that comes out. Is well, that? Okay, that's what it looks true. like. That's true. So now I, I, true. Let, let's since I got all the personal shit out, like we'll go back into the film, and I want to talk about the film. I gotta say, man, like this scene to me, I fucking loved it. The dance party, fucking loved it. Really? And the reason why is because like I didn't see it. Like this was the part of the film where I did really feel like it felt like an experimental theater. Like, 
and I kind of actually kind of understood where he was coming from a little bit, like in it, like what Ooh, Christopher he was, Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken, okay. and like what was going on, like that weird fucking like high five. He starts high fiving the right. aliens and stuff like oh, that. God. Like I actually started seeing it as more of like a symbolic thing, right? Okay. Like a surrealistic kind of like symbolic hmm. scene where he's actually trying to figure out and like understand why this happened and if these creatures are really real mm. and he gets really infuriated because they only show half their faces like he gets really mad about it okay. it takes half his face off these grays it takes half his face this black dick dick mouth as you say yeah dick mouth yeah dick mouth and i he, saw his green he gets mad and he says like he's kind of like why won't you why won't you let me know all who you are why won't you let me and they kind of say you'll never know really who we all are, and he's very angry about that because he wants to know why they did this thing to him. Yeah, because well, I mean, bitches. That's what he's I really know. mad about it. And like, and I, I actually did kind of see that. Actually, is a heart, a weirdly heartwarming. I mean, it's frightening, but it's also heartwarming. Not heartwarming, heartbreaking. I should say. Like, it's just like the guy just wanted to fucking know. Like, why did you do this to me? Like, and these guys, things are just like we're mysteries. You know, gotcha. And yeah. he got angry about it, and I could kind of understand, like, fr- coming from his point of view as a as a as a person that had this happen. Like, why what? Why the fuck did you do this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, I feel like Christopher Walken's acting like it was hard to indicate how you should feel about a certain thing, uh, yeah. scene, or like a mood of the of a scene. That's true. Because his acting was almost distracting to it a is. point to to where yeah. you're like, is he scared? Is he? You can't tell. Is he, is, he, is, he, is, is he faking? Is he faking it? Is like, I got a strong, like, I really felt like I should have gone on the journey with him when he first got hypnotized. But at the same time, I thought I could never buy into the fact that he was fully hypnotized. I thought he was faking it. And it wasn't until he got up and he's like, I'm out of it, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. well, apparently you were fucking in it, I guess. I didn't. I didn't know any of that was real or what. And he gets mad at his wife, like, one time, like, whatever. And, like, you can't tell if he's arguing or just fucking around with her. Because there's a lot of him. Um, What is the scene? I think it is on the couch. What's the scene where he comes down the elevator and then, like, they walk out and they just start talking? They walk out, they argue, and they get back in the elevator. Yeah, and I was like, what just happened there? What just happened there is arguing away from the But there's also, like, even at the beginning of the film, there's a lot of, like, him fucking around with her. Yeah, it's like true. sarcastically, like in a way, and you think at first, like this sets the precedent that he's the type of dude that's just going to be like, yeah. "I'm gonna pretend to be angry." You know, but you yeah. know what the dead, the dead giveaway was? It was like the really bad Italian accent. That's how you know yeah. he was actually mad. He's like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few times. Yeah. Uh here's the thing, guys. Please do. Please hey, here's chime the, in, Cody. Here's the thing, though. Um, he can't figure out alarm systems to save his life. I really think that's what it was. He uh, to set off these alarms caused him to have seizures. He saw these visions and movie skeptic. But like he it. but the but they uh, but they tested him for the seizures. And I've been to and I've been to the UFO convention. Okay, yeah, oh. I've been to it. Dan Aykroyd there. Uh, I've been no. to it as well. He was not. No. Okay, I like the UFO convention out here in Arizona. It's good. It's fun. It's a fun time. Go see it. All right, that was that. It. That was it. That's all, all you want to say. Yeah, that's I all I want to say. You're gonna make a point or something. No. Wanna, I, uh, I, if you guys didn't have anything else related to the plot, I did want to touch on one thing technical. Great. So this movie is, I feel like, for the most part, um, pretty cookie cutter. I didn't find myself being blown away by um, a whole lot in terms of like cinematography, editing, or any of that stuff. Except for one fucking scene that absolutely rocked my fucking world. Okay. Oh, what's that? Yeah. It is the scene where they're playing with the Polaroid camera in the cabin. 
Okay. You guys remember that scene? Yeah. He snaps the photo, and the flash hits, and the flash freeze frames the scene for, like, three seconds. And they basically, they recreated what happens to the human eye when you get hit with a flash, right? You're frozen with that mm-hmm. that one image. is uh, And I thought that was an oddly creative thing in this movie. In a movie that was mm. relatively mediocre. Can I tell you something? That was the one thing that made me go, oh, I really liked that. That was awesome. Right? I, was like, I saw that. I was like, I want to put that in something. Yeah, I me too. I was like, why is that not used in movies right now? It like, was so good. And, and I thought it was underutilized because I thought in other movies you could easily kind of set that up as a thing and then like the fifth or sixth time hit the audience with a fucking gag that like scares the shit out of them. Yeah. I that say, was missing. I was expecting an alien. There's some technical things I actually really like that they just did with the cam work. They break the 180 rule a few times. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I didn't. I didn't yeah, know. there's like a few scenes where he's talking and then like the camera is really jarring and he's talking from a different direction. But he's like talking to his wife. It's fucking weird. Okay. Like it's not like a it like creates a, this sense it's of not confusion. like a golem situation where it's like they're like Is that what ca- it is? It kind of creates a sense of confusion for yeah, the Yeah, I mean that when you do stuff like that like in ca- like I mean it's he's not this is not the first time somebody's tried to break that rule like to right. say and the 180 rule if anybody doesn't know is like you film somebody over one shoulder, you film somebody over another shoulder so that the camera uh, is facing them in such a way that when they actually get projected on this, onto the film, um, one is facing right and one is facing left. So it gives you the impression that they're talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to film over one person's shoulder and then film off the wrong shoulder, they would both be facing right. Yeah. right. So it would look like somebody's talking to the back of someone's head. Okay. Right? And in this one, there's like these weird scenes where it's like he's talking in one direction and then another, another scene's fucking weird. And I don't know if it's like necessarily technical as much as like maybe his acting or what he did this. There's a scene where he goes out to get cigarettes, right? No, he doesn't. He's actually he's, just, going, he's, lying. he's, he's lying. lying. No, I know he's, he's lying. lying. He's going away to the dancing. He's just right. going to go to I the know, dance party. That. He's lying about it. He says that to his wife, and then he w- goes to walk out the front door, and he breaks the fourth wall and like looks directly at the camera. I don't remember that. There's a scene that. where he looks right at the fucking camera. That's just like he's looking walking. at the audience, saying like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not going." Yeah, out. yeah, like a <laughs> like a not a gotcha moment, yeah. but just kind of like a you know you know this. And it's the first time and the wah, only time wah. that he does it throughout the film. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't think of too many things like like cinematography yeah. wise. I did like the way the like when you <laughs> excuse me <laughs> when you knew the UFO was coming. Mm-hmm. It would kind of creep around like the tree and then like head towards like the window. Like this, you just felt like this impending like doom, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing I like that was like a t- in terms of like what created a sense of doom for me was like just, I, and I've always loved this in horror movies, but but playing with security systems. Yeah. It yeah. Is the, like a, it is easily the most frightening thing. Anticipation of it, right? Because it's like, you know, and it, it, we mentioned Insidious earlier, they did that fantastic job in that movie where it's just like middle of the night, fucking alarm systems just start randomly going off yeah. and shit. And this one, yeah, the the floodlight, especially floodlights, like, I don't know what's so eerie. You know what I think it is? It's like, more often than not, those are motion sensor. And if those go off, suddenly it's like, Something moved around outside. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, can and I tell you what I think the, the fear from fucking comes? Thing. I think it's the the weird irony of it, right? So you have this system that's designed to protect you, to let you know where danger is, right? Mm-hmm. And now it comes into a situation where you're not finding the danger and it's just as unknown. Yeah. So now 
the fucking security or, system is working against you. Or it's kind of, kind of the same thing, but yeah. maybe maybe it's simply this. It's like you purchase the security system to, like you said, tell me where the danger is. Direct me in, yes. in that direction, uh-huh. right? But then when the lights go off, it's this realization that I now must face this danger. Yeah. Right, and it, I don't I mean want to like, fucking do it. It's working against <laughs> you now. Like now, you don't want like, this thing I to go off. I don't want to know. Just <laughs> yeah. let it be darkness, and if I die in my sleep, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, let's say that we uh, rate this member jammer, Chris. What do you want to rate it? I just want to go with the classic alien head, almond eyes, and everything. The yes, gray alien, small nose holes, small mouth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. I'm digging. it. I'll go first. Uh, the most entertaining thing in this movie is Christopher Walken. If you're going to watch it, it better be a Walken fan because that's the only thing you're going to like. <laughs> uh, I would give this, I got to give it, uh, man, it's one star for me. This I was so goddamn bored. I couldn't wait for this movie to be over. And it's like two hours long. Eh, it's like 145. It's uh, no, I think it's two hours. I dude, I looked at it. I haven't. You didn't look at it right. I then. streamed it. You can just you didn't look. Look at it right. Then. I didn't look at it right. <laughs> Time has ceased to fucking me. Have it. Everyone streamed it me. by the way, because it's the only way to get it. Yeah, I, I just wasn't. I just wasn't a fan. Like I, it, it was. It got to a point where it was just not. Not even like good goofy. It was just like can this end because this is boring. I don't know. It wasn't a fan of it. One one for me. Let's go with Mike. I'm going to give this film a uh, four, actually. Wow. Calm down. <laughs> he yells at me before I even give him a thing. So, yeah, I mean, besides, like, the whole, like, I mean, I think they're, you know, the, the, the special effects are a little weird. Like, a lot, some of them look real fucking cheap, but I kind of do like the hooded f- figures. I think their faces are kind of, like, kind of unique. Kind of, I don't know. That's weird to me. They they do look basic. Like they only can do like one or two motions and they obviously look like they're really bad effects. But for some reason they're like There's a movie that they're from and I'll have to find out. It kinda reminds me They look like the pig people from fucking Star Wars, but blue. No. no. You know what it kinda reminds it kinda reminds me of the little like creature that walks around with Bill and Ted in their uh, bogus journey. No, not Data. Or not Data. What's his name? Fucking, oh, God damn it. I'm not saying uh, it is. I'm just saying, like, it just reminding me a little bit of it. There's a movie that those both those faces, I feel like, are, are in from. as well. Like, yeah. they just, like, like, it's kind of, a, or they, they pulled that. it from something else. Yeah. If they did, I mean. I'll have to hunt it yeah. down, because I recognize it. Um, I actually thought this movie was kind of fucking scary as shit, man. Like, I don't know why. Like, maybe it's because of, like, a, I went through the shit or whatever. Mm. But, like,. There are scenes in this movie like like frighten me, and I don't know if it's because it's jarring and surreal in a way. Like I, I'm actually really surprised that this film is not um, well known, and it's not like like I feel like critics should go back and look at it a little bit because I actually do think that it does a lot of weirdly unique things. Like the this, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just. It's so surreal and it's weirdly frightening in a way that isn't like a Jordorowski film. Like a lot of Jordorowski, not scary, right? Like they're surreal, but they're not scary. This one like really did frighten me and it's just fucking bizarre. And even if, you know, the author is mad at Christopher Walken for his weird, crazy portrayal of him in this film, I think it's fucking great, man. It is like just him in app, like, Prime form, like just berserk. It's one. I think it's like this great performance in a weird way, and not because it's like it. Like I don't trust any of his emotions, <laughs> like right. But mm. 
it's so out there that like I was transfixed by everything this guy did. So I mean, yeah. What was that four? I gave it a four, man. Yeah, I gave it, it a four. Sure, fucking did. All right, I will follow that up because by process elimination, I must be next. Uh, unless you want to introduce me, Cody. Kyle. Uh, I'm not gonna give this as much praise as as Mike, um, but I will I will give it a better rating than Cody. I'm gonna go 2.5 on this one. So, um, and I think part of the reason is when I walked into this film, I walked into it based on a bunch of thumbnails I saw of the film, um, some of which made me chuckle, and I was like, "Well, this is a, a turd and a half." <laughs> and you know what I got was yes. I agree with Cody. One of the most entertaining aspects of this film is going to be Christopher Walken. But the thing I think they nailed was the fear and confusion and that comes with the kind of alien abduction. I feel of all the movies I've seen with alien abductions or stuff like that, I feel like they did a really great job in this one. They really did a great job making, uh, making you think you're insane and not knowing that it really happened. However, I do feel like this movie is ruined by the dance party at the end. I understand, Mike, you explained it actually really well to me. It's just kind of like this, this deeper dive into this guy's psychosis, basically. And he's trying to almost cure himself by, by going deeper down you know, go, going deeper down the tunnel into, you know, Alice's fucking door or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you want to analogy you want to use. But I don't think it worked that well. I think Christopher Walken is on point in terms of being insane walking, but <laughs> I don't think he's on point enough to give me uh, a stellar, amazing uh, alien abduction film. And there was really only one point in the film where I was like genuinely impressed with a creative idea which was like like i mentioned the flash from the uh the strobe from the fucking camera what a fucking random scene of just absolute creativity greatness in this movie it felt out of place it was so good so uh 2.5 i would say absolutely check it out if you are into alien films uh especially because this is supposedly based on a true account i mean how could you not watch it um but i would still say i think fire in the sky is a little bit of a better film than this little bit uh, yeah that would get like a four for me oh you like fire in the sky that oh, fire in the sky i like good, fire man. in the sky because i, I like the way fire in the sky terrifies the shit out of me it does and that's what i like about it. it it definitely creates that sense of fear and dread and i feel like the confusion and insanity that the main character feels is translated really well in that movie and this one i feel like I don't know what to believe with Christopher Walken. His performance is all over the place. It just, is he really actually scared, or is he just fucking insane? I don't know. It's tough. Is he, or is he just being a writer? Because we're unfortunately, as an audience, front-loaded at the beginning of this film with, oh, his normal his normal like personality is just weird, insane. Like he's, I don't know if he's a beat poetry or writer. What the yeah, fuck he's doing? He's yeah. just all over the place. So it's hard to get a gauge on him. So Chris, this movie's super like disjointed and poorly edited. And like, you really can't tell what the timeline is of the film. And, you know, Christopher Walken seems like he's sort of just improving and doing whatever he wants throughout the whole film. Um, but at the same time, I actually really kind of had fun watching the movie. I, I got a lot of what I didn't expect. Like, you know, I wanted an alien film. I got an alien film. And yeah, some of it was like a little bit laughable, especially the end, the dance party. 
But there were some terrifying moments. Like some of the sound design even in this film was terrifying. Um, you know, the setting was like very moody. Um, the characters, like, you know, how he's struggling with like potentially like losing his sanity and his the, the turmoil that's putting on his wife and his kids now involved. And, you know, I, I feel like I found myself getting um, kind of attached to what was going on. So I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this a 2.5. Um, you know, I would recommend this movie if you're into extraterrestrial stuff, alien stories, especially like potentially true accounts. You know, you basically you walk away kind of thinking, did that really happen? Was this, you know, uh, sleep paralysis? Was this a dude with writer's block just trying to come up with some cra- the craziest story he could think of? Um, to get himself out of writer's block. You know, I don't know. Did he experience these things with other people around? His wife is also a writer. So, you know, like, you know, she claims it's all true. She, did she experience? I don't, I didn't read into it far enough. Did she, does she like. The only thing that she, according to the film, the only thing she actually experienced was she woke up when he was getting pulled out of the room, but that memory was, was locked away. You know, and then it also brings up like, you know, can can you can you go deep inside your subconscious mind and remember things and recall things that you've blanked out? Yeah. You know, I, and I imagine there are actual groups in the world that, yeah. that get together for this this reason specifically that think they've experienced something that's like otherworldly or supernatural. Um, so for that, you know, I find it super fascinating. I want to give it a two point five. Supernatural and super fascinating. Two point five from Chris. Super. Natural. You know, you know what I will say? Every time I see it in the movies, I always think it's so interesting, which is um, uh, putting people, um, hypnotizing them. Yeah. I always think it's so interesting because I'm like, God, I wish I wish that would, that's how it worked. But I've been like hypnotized once. Somebody tried to hypnotize me that was trained in it. They were trained yeah. to do this to get me to stop smoking. And like I followed their directions and I basically... I laid there with my eyes closed just because I didn't want to be rude. So, <laughs> and let them know that nothing you did worked. Some people aren't acceptable to it. Well, see, but well, you know what? Saying. Actually, I mean, that's a weird thing that I've heard about hypnotism. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not an expert in it or anything like that. But I've heard this weird like saying, and I always hate this saying when people say this. Like, you have to be open to it. I was so open to Which it. Which leads me I'm to believe, so like, open. okay, so I have to believe in something to believe in something. I, like, it I want, means I want not, to take over you. Yeah, I want so but, badly like, it for not, it to happen to yeah. me. I'm it so just seems open. like so, like pre-programming you to yeah, yeah exactly to, to think that it's well, that's a lot of well, a lot of UFO um a lot of UFO uh what's it been debunked through um hypnosis because the oh. stories don't hold up because it is like mis- it is a lot of yeah. uh people lead what did you see that night right. what was in the sky Right. Mm-hmm. Was it bright? Right. You know what I mean? And they'll lead on. They'll yeah. basically like lead, lead a witness. I don't know what that's the fuck you call it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that's. I think it's. But that is our show for tonight. We do have a review to do. Ooh, uh, one review. Yeah. I it, think it's your turn to read, Cody. You've been writing a long time. It's from Top Notch. It's this Top Notch. That's the name of the review. It's top from Notch. Tex- top Notch. The title. Yep. It's from uh, Texas, 1997. A lot of people don't know that it's when the Texas Chainsaw Massacre happened. This is Massacre. That's actually the year of um, number four. What? What's that? Generations. Oh, is Generations. 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 You know, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of 97s going around in this show lately. That was a guess. It I says, right. each review is a welcome blast from the past. Been listening for a few months and enjoying every show. That's it. Thank you. Mike, drop, drop the mic. Yeah. 
I hope That's this, awesome. I hope this review was a blast from his past. Oh, yeah, I hope you enjoy our three-year anniversary. Uh, thank you for leaving us a review. Uh, we really do. That means a lot to us. We're on our way to 100, guys. That's our show for this week. Make sure you follow us on social social, social media. Make sure you follow us on social, social media <laughs> at Cult Film in Review at a Cult Film underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. That's yeah, three years. You think I can get it by now, but I can't. <laughs> also, check out our Facebook page. You can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at Cult Film underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at Cult Film underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow my guy. You can follow the motherfucker at. Yeah. You can follow that motherfucker at. <laughs> Mike Salustio on Twitter. And FriendlyNeighborhoodFilmmaking.com. Oh, stop <laughs> never, it. Never forget it. It's, it's right next to BluefieldAudio.com. Yeah, right. Check that out. Owner, right. proprietor. It's, my sis, it's, my, it's our sister sites. <laughs> <laughs> we just split the cost. Yeah. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time.